You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, loyal followers alike, welcome to today's episode of Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and in a very, very, very special treat for your ears, I'm joined by none other than Dave Weiss. Unfortunately, Drake isn't here because at Knowles Anonymous, or now Locked On Seminoles, we have a firm policy where you don't work on your birthday. That's right. Drizzy Drake is one year older, one year wiser. And tomorrow night, he will be one Outback Steakhouse dinner in Tallahassee happier. But we don't have him for now. So Dave, how are you doing, bud? Doing great. Just, you know, go back from a nice little much-needed vacation and immediately disappointed by Seminoles baseball. What else is new? Well, they just, you know, wanted you to feel like the girl you're on vacation with felt the whole time. But that's all right. <laughs> uh, I said last night, you know, on this podcast as we recorded that I was watching us, quote, take care of business against Jacksonville University. Not Jacksonville State, not the Jacksonville Juveniles, the uh, renowned uh, AAA club. I don't know if that's a real thing. Not literally just Jacksonville University. I, I I don't know. Are they D1 in baseball? I, I, I know in know. baseball, everyone seems to be D1, but like- They're 7 and 18 on the year. Yeah, they improved to 7 and 18 on the year. Your Florida State Seminoles fall 8 to 7 to go- who cares? Fifteen and ten on the year. <sighs> you, you know, look, you can't you can't just look at records in baseball. Um, and in baseball is a weird sport. All right, the best team loses to the worst team, and it's I, I am aware of these nuances, but I feel like you only get so many of these in a year. I mean, we we've lost two games to teams in Jacksonville. I didn't even know there were two colleges in Jacksonville. Now I do. And guess what? We've managed to lose to two of them. Swept by Pitt. Yes, I'm going to keep mentioning that. I'm going down our schedule. Lost to Virginia. 05 to Virginia Tech. We split that series 2-1, so good for us. And then inexplicably, on a bright and shiny Tuesday in Dick Hauser Stadium, it seemed like things were turning around. We bombshell Florida 10-2. We're getting in front of counts. We're knocking balls over the fence. We look like a real baseball team. What do we do next? That Friday, we take a bus or a plane or a train, possibly an automobile, I don't know, I wasn't there, down to Coral Gables. And we gave Miami the absolute business. 34-2 to across three games, three wins for the Knolls. It's incredible. And since then, you know, we're like just puttering along. We beat UCF, need an extra inning, you know, we we go one and two against Wake Forest, you know, giving up 21 runs across three games. We beat the Mercer Bears, which actually my stepfather is a alumnus of the Mercer Law School. Um, tip to all you undergrads out there, if you have an engineering degree, go to, just don't worry about what law school you go to. You can be a patent attorney, you're fine. It's your friends that have political science degrees that need to go to great law schools. So don't don't make life harder on yourself than it needs to be. Uh, then we go two and one against North Carolina, and boom, here we are losing seven to eight to Jacksonville. I don't want to be hyperbolic and say this is rock bottom for this baseball team. It's not. It's just like it's just frustrating to see your team do that. Like we got a three gamer against Louisville this weekend uh, on the road. We come back to play Florida in Gainesville in like a week. 
we're going to be fine. To be honest, like I, I with Dave, we went and looked through the stats. And the one thing that you all who have listened to this know I want to see is how many do we leave on base? We left seven on base. But to put it in perspective, when we beat Miami 12-0, we left five on base. So that number was actually improved based on where it's been throughout the year. Um, it just wasn't our night, man. We had a 7-6 lead, gave up a two-runner, and it's just frustrating. So I don't know. That's about all I got in me for baseball. Dave, you got anything to say about it? Yeah, I just don't really understand where the top and bottom is of this team. We beat all the teams that maybe we shouldn't or that are good, and we lose to the teams that are bad. Yeah, and look, that's like what we did in in seniors last year, right? It was like we barely hobbled our way into a regional, and then we go on to just dog pound our way through the SEC. I mean, until we you know ran to LSU, who are the eventual national champions. But you know, we ended up didn't we put like nine on Georgia up in a regional, and then we went over to the super and lit people up, and you know, it feels a lot like that. So I will say this. And, you know, it's Masters week, so I got to drop the golf reference. I will always take a Brooks Kepka type team, right? Someone that performs when they get on the big stage versus, you know, some other teams that perform game to game and then don't perform on the big stage. So if we keep beating ranked teams and we get our way into the regional, you know, and we get our way to the super regional, this team has showed me they are capable of going to Omaha. It's just like, which team are we going to get, you know? Yep, a little Jekyll and Hyde, but we're going to learn a lot this weekend. Louisville's good. And watch, we're going to end up sweeping them. A- absolutely. I mean, that's how it's got to go. That's the only way that this team plays. We're going to go sweep them like we did Miami, and then we're going to get inexplicably bombshelled by Florida. We're going to demolish Boston College, and then we're going to demolish Georgia Tech, and then we're probably going to lose to Stetson by 12. <laughs> exactly. It's just like we're just going to go perfect on like mid-major Florida schools here. Oh, yeah, man. So I appreciate y'all letting us vent that frustration. Um, but overall, I mean, the Knolls are looking fine on the diamond. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out a game, make sure you do. Um, you know, college baseball for me is super relaxing. And, you know, it's 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 kind of all we got left. This Saturday, we're done with spring football. Um, we're done with basketball. So we've pretty much got baseball and softball to hold us over until the long summer. All right, folks, we are going to take a quick break. But before we go, let me just remind y'all, if you get done listening to us for 25 minutes and you want to hear a little bit about the greater world of sports, make sure you swing on over to Locked On Today. It's a great quick hit 20 minutes with Peter Bukowski. Tells you everything you need to know to get yourself ready for sports. And if you get done doing that and you decide that maybe you heard a weird little noise while you were driving, there's been some clicking and clanging around that you need to fix in your car but you don't have the part to do it, make sure to swing over to rockauto.com. Uh, you know, from last time I told you all about rockauto.com, I actually am pretty handy around a car. I learned it all through YouTube just because I was broke uh, working on Capitol Hill, making no money, and I needed to fix my Jeep with 150,000 miles on it. And I got it to 190, but I wish I'd had rockauto.com. Alternators, mirrors, those kinds of parts were just such a pain in the butt to find. I got the wrong alternator one time after four weeks, and it just it's a pain in the neck to shop for auto parts. So check out rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business. They've got the one of the largest selections of parts. You can search by your make and model, and they'll tell you the part you need. So go to rockauto.com, tell them Max sent you, and they'll take care of you. 
With that being said, we are going to play our weekly game. If you're not familiar because you haven't gotten a chance to check out the rest of the week, we're going to play Spin the Wheel. On this wheel, I've got DBs, D-line, O-line, wideouts, and special teams written down. I'm going to spin it right now, and the position group it spits out is who we're going to discuss vis-a-vis what we want to see from them in the spring game. Oh, it's Dave's favorite, and this will be short. I probably shouldn't have put this one on here, but it's special teams. We're going to talk about special teams. I don't even know if we're doing special teams in the scrimmage, actually. So, um, I'm... I, you know what I am going to talk about our special teams for next year, though? Can we make a f-ing field goal? I mean, like, folks, let me commiserate with you here. Let me vent. Let me just – Let me just. this is a rough episode. I'm sorry. I promise I was in a good mood um, before we started. In fact, tonight I'm hopping on with some, some other hosts from other schools, and we're going to talk the Masters. So I should be in a great mood, but, man, FSU isn't doing it for me today. So I'm thinking about our special teams, and all I can picture is which kicker do we want to roll out there to miss a 30-yarder? I mean, how long has it been since you weren't confident Florida State was going to make it from inside 45? A decade? Yeah. A decade and a half? I mean, like, I dust, you know, Dustin Hopkins, I remember, you know, there was that one mishap against Virginia on homecoming, but we'll give him a break. That guy was pretty automatic from – let's say reasonable distances. Like if it was not an obscene field goal, he was probably going to sink it. Both the Aguayos darn good in college, you know, turtle murdering uh, (laughs) and lack of haircuts aside, you know, before Dustin, I don't remember who did we have anybody good before him. Uh, It wasn't too long before him. We had Gino. And then before him, we had Janikowski. Janikowski. So maybe it's been two decades since, we haven't like, you know, we've legitimately gotten nervous about like right now. Let me ask you this. What yard line now? Cause I don't want to make people do math. What yardage from the goalpost do people need? Do we need to get to for you to feel confident? We're going to hit a game winning field goal. It needs, if, if we're down by one or two, it needs to be under 35 yards, especially after what I watched at that, the last open scrimmage I went to not the 35 yard no, line, right? Is 30, it, you mean 35 less yards. than 35 yeah. yards. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I totally agree. So yeah, I mean that's uh, this is going to sound really, really profound, but that's what I want to see in the scrimmage. Is I want to see if our kickers can make field goals. Yeah, I mean, like it was really frustrating at that last scrimmage because one of them gets the ball up nice and high. There's no chance of it getting blocked, uh, and that would be what's his face, Parker Grothaus. The problem is he can't make them, so that doesn't really help. Uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, Ryan Fitzgerald makes his kicks sometimes, and then other times he gets them blocked. So so is Grothaus like the guy that just is on the range, just making great contact, not paying attention to the fact that like his balls are getting nowhere near any flag? They're just, they just sound good off the face? That's right, yeah. It's frustrating because it looks so good coming off his foot. And like if you're sitting on the sideline, you're like, oh, that looks good. And then you're like, oh, that missed like 20 yards, right? It's funny. That was kind of when my golf career changed. Um you know, I started playing about two years ago and I was getting into it and this was maybe a year ago. I, I thought I, my swing was getting pretty good and I went golfing with my buddy who played golf at Kentucky and I'm, and I was that guy, right? Like, I'm like, oh yeah, great contact on that one. He's like, well, what are you aiming at? You know, in my mind, I'm like, it's the range, you know, it went straight. This dude, you know, it was just a different world. It opened my eyes up to like what a positive handicapper or he might've been like a one at the time. 
like what they do. Like, you know, on the range, he's curling the balls up next to the flags at 175 yards or whatever. And it just, yeah, yeah, really made me feel inadequate. But anyway, all right, let's spin them again, guys, because I think, oh, you know what else I want to see? Who's returning kicks? I want to see if they're going to do any kind of kick return. You know, there's been sort of a discussion about, is that finally where Corey Wren's going to fit in? We talked about him with running backs. I'm, I'm, we'll I'm interested in the punt blocking. I mean, we were aggressive in punt blocking last year, and we got some. And I want to, I want to see that continue. I mean, that can change the scoreboard, and we're going to need to change some scoreboards this year. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I think the reason I put special teams on there is because Mike Norvell harps on special teams so much. Like in his opening speech, his introduction to Knoll Nation, the first football thing he talked about that I can remember was special teams. You know, he really does preach it. He believes it. And if you look at that North Carolina game, we had an expected loss, meaning at the end of the game, Bill Connolly's um, S&P Plus, it looks at all the stats of the game. And I don't know exactly how it does it, but it spits out, okay, given those stats, here's what the score should have been. We, I think we, based on just the stat line, so not if the game had gone longer, not if they, you know, played one more time. It's literally with these stats, Florida State should have lost by five points. The only reason we won that game was because of that punt block that got us up early. Um, obviously, every touchdown counted, but that was such a steal of a touchdown. It got us in that close distance, let Jordan Travis bust off that run up the middle. You know, he takes it home, and it's like, we should not have had that short of a field. Yeah, I want to see it continue. I just, the aggressiveness, if nothing else, I mean, nothing went right under Willie Taggart. It looked like, oh, at least something's going right immediately that he actually talked about, right? Totally agree. And and that's the thing. If we can see, you know, it's one thing when something goes right. It's another when you say, I'm going to make that go right, and you make it go right. So, uh, yeah, I actually am looking forward to looking at that unit, and we'll uh, we'll report back on that. But I have spun the wheel again, and it's landed on wideouts. Guys, I... Oh, boy. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. This isn't something to complain about. It's just the biggest question mark on the roster for me is who's going to catch the ball. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, and Drake and I spoke about this yesterday, Dave, um, this format, the way they're going to do it, if you haven't seen on Twitter, I know you were um, busy with your travels. They're going to do two quarters, 12 minutes each, but there's not going to be a garnet and a gold team. It's going to be um, the ones versus the ones, offense and defense, which... I like a lot because I think one of the issues with spring games is when one quarterback performs really well, okay, well, was one throwing to walk-ons while the other had scholarship right. receivers? Like what did that look like? And- <laughs> exactly. So we're actually going to get to see Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker and Mackenzie Milton all throw to ideally our first string wide receivers. Now, the big question mark is who are those guys? I mean, you, you look at wide receiver and it's like, we know Keyshawn Helton. We know people keep throwing that name out there, but bro, it's like, it's that's the only name we've got. So of course we say his name, but I don't know if he's actually like, I mean, Keyshawn Helton, not a number one, you know, he's a, he's a slot guy, uh, you know, and then you look to the number one type role and it's like, who do we even have that's tall? And your brain goes, okay, Kentron Portier and you know, he showed us that his hands are inconsistent at best. So I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you, is there anyone on this roster you feel confident that they're going to catch a lot of balls? Confident, no. And I mean, outside of Helton and, and Ontario Wilson, they're all super young. And not only are they super young, we haven't seen them 
do anything, really. That scrimmage, I didn't see anybody catch a single pass that was like, wow, that was a good catch. And anything that should have been an easy catch was a drop. That's, yeah. I mean, it was shades of last year, except worse. Like, at least we thought Terry, he was distracting, if nothing else, even when he was injured, right? We don't even have that. Absolutely. No, you're 100% right. And I don't want to completely bash this unit because I do want to say where there is a question mark, there is opportunity. Right. I mean, we had, you know, we've heard about the the freshman Josh Perel squatting 500 pounds, 485, whatever he was doing. We know he's strong. We know that we've got Ja'Kai Douglas, who is supposedly super fast. I mean, I, I you know, we saw him a little bit last year, but he could also be a short little slot guy for you. Um, and then, you know, with the height positions, we've got Malik McClain. I mean, Malik McClain was a big get for us. Yep. I know there was a lot of excitement around him coming in. And, you know, we'll see. Maybe he'll be the tall guy that emerges. But after hearing you talk about the scrimmage, um, the, what I want to see from this group is can they catch? Can the ball hit their hands? Can they hold on to it? And can they fall to the ground with possession? I don't I'm know. not even talking about, like, for you, those of you that played Madden, like the spectacular catches. I'm not even talking about those. Just catch the damn ones that are thrown to you even. I mean, the ones where you sit down in a zone and it hits you in the chest. Don't drop that. What are... Yeah. <laughs> if it's if it's an absolute lock, you got to catch it. And, folks, if it's an absolute lock, you also got to bet it. If you have some absolute locks cooked up that you know are definitely going to hit in the NHL or the NBA or, you know, I don't know, even the next episode of The Bachelor, go to betonline.ag. They've got real-time updated odds, props, and all kinds of bets on literally anything you can imagine. I mean, they are the Ron Burgundy of betting sites. Like they will, they will let you bet on anything you put on the screen. So grab your computer, grab your cell phone, go to betonline.ag, make an account, and they'll even give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So head on over there, use promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you know, I don't know, win some money. Speaking of locks, when you look at each position group on this team, which one would you say is a lock to be good next year? And I know that's such a vague term, good, but which one do you really feel like, you know, when you lay down in bed at night, okay, I I feel good about those guys. It's everyone else I got to worry about. The quarterback position. And even though one of them we've never seen play a game in Garning Gold, we've seen Jordan Travis look good last year, and we know that we have a guy who, if you go look at his YouTube tape, it looks like a Heisman winner. So, I mean, between the two of them, I expect one of them to be a very good quarterback. And that means the other one, we have a very good quarterback sitting on the bench. Yeah, you know, we've, we've said it the other way, but I'm not sure we've said it this way. If, if McKenzie Milton wins the starting job, that means he beat out Jordan Travis. And to me, Jordan Travis is a good enough quarterback that if someone beats him out, I feel good about that quarterback. And vice versa. If Jordan Travis beats out McKenzie Milton, I know McKenzie Milton is a, or was at least a great quarterback, is a good serviceable quarterback. So I feel very good about the person that beats out the second string on this team, if that makes sense, which makes me feel good about, you know, who the first string is going to be. I think the other one I feel pretty good about, and we spoke about them yesterday, but after ruminating a little longer, Dude, I feel good about these linebackers. Right. I, I'm not going to say that they're going to be world beaters and they're going to be out there winning. What is it for linebackers? The Buckus Award? Is that receivers? Um, they're not going to be Heisman Trophy candidates or, or anything like that. But 
I, I am pretty confident that that this group of linebackers can be serviceable in a way that you know our linebackers have maybe not been serviceable in the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean that'd be pretty helpful considering we're losing a lot on the D line. Even though they look really good in that scrimmage, if the D line's good, well, every I mean it's so hard to gauge the D line against this O line, right? Yeah, that's that's fair. But our linebackers have been let's call it what it is bad for. I mean. When's the last time they weren't bad? I'm honestly, when is the last time? Yeah, I mean 20, 2013 when we had, you know, we had Terrence Smith, we had Telvin Smith, we had Christian Jones or Christian Jones was he Might on the 13 before. team? He was 12. He was 12. Maybe. Oh, uh, no, he was on the 13 team, right? I don't know. I think like when I think good linebackers, I think back to like Nigel Brown. People must listen to this and be like these guys don't know what they're talking about. Jones had to be on the 13 team cuz I actually remember I ran into him at recess um right before the draft. And I was like, hey, man, you excited for the draft? He's like, yeah, man, yeah. Sure enough, two days later, it comes out he was smoking pot and, you, you know, draft stock tumbled, went undrafted in 2014. Yeah, so he was on the 13 team. That team had damn good linebackers. That was a that was a solid linebacking core. But you're right. We said this yesterday. Since then, it's been an automatic five yards over the middle. Well, um, But I don't know. I feel I feel good so about that, that, that 13 team. Like, everyone on that team was drafted or ended up in the NFL, right? So that was a damn good team. I yep. guess the game I want to play is – if you put Jordan Travis as the starting quarterback on the 13 team, what could they do? I think that team, keep in mind, folks, that was the BCS era. I think they probably, st- well, let me caveat it with this. Jordan Travis would never play quarterback under Jimbo Fisher. So, you know, Jimbo in the later, in like 15, I think did start to open the offense up a bit for Frenchie. Like start of 16, I, I feel like he was really working in there. So if if Jimbo is willing to use Jordan's talents the way they can be used, I think he's a good enough thrower with that receiving core to probably go to the national championship still. Um, I mean, no one was great that year. Clemson was pretty good, but we we whooped them. You know, does he have a Jameis moment? And do we put up fifty two points? Probably not. Um, do we beat? You know, is 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 Jordan Travis? I'll, I'll say this. Jordan Travis is playing in the second half a lot more than Jameis right. is. Um, you know, our starters are playing a lot more in the fourth quarter than our starters were on that team. But I don't think there's anything with his game that makes me think, like, what did Jameis really have to do on that team? You know, that not saying Jameis didn't do it, by the way. Don't come at me with the hate. He did all of that. But Jameis went out there and murdered everyone. Like, I think a serviceable quarterback with that team around still beats everyone in the ACC. And the BCS still, you know, Alabama still loses. The BCS still sends us to the national championship. Um, but no, I think the more interesting question is, what does Jordan Travis do on the 14 team? Oh, I don't think we make the playoff, but not because, I don't think it's necessarily because of him. Like, the point is, we're coming into this year with a guy who I think, like you said, I think could have, with a good team around him, led them to, I don't know, an 11-1 season. Yeah, I, I think I think Jordan Travis is... I, I don't know if this is a if this is a a, a Homer comparison because y'all know I love some JT thirteen, but I mean you know I think his ceiling is is probably a Jalen Hurts. I don't know if he's as talented on the ground as Jalen Hurts, but I think he's different on the ground, and I think he has some talents Jalen doesn't have. I, yeah, I think if if he was the quarterback at Alabama, I think Jordan would be putting up numbers with his legs that would make him look like a Heisman Dude, I gotta, frontrunner. I, gotta you know? you, I mean, even in like these scrimmages, you just watch some of the things he gets out of. I know they can't 
tackle him, but I mean, if they get close enough, they'll rule you down. And he is just spinning out, running 15 yards out of the way where a normal quarterback can't do what he does. They don't see what he can see and they can't make it to spots on the field that he can with his legs. It's nuts. Yeah. And you know, the thing about Jordan Travis that y'all know I love and sorry, we got off on a QB ramp, but it's his ability to do multiple things with his legs, right? He can't only run on a bootleg. He can't only scramble when he's you know, it's it's a, a pass look and he's got a relatively empty box. He can't only run between the tackles. He can do all of those things. You know, he can beat you on a read. He can beat you, you know, off tackle. He can beat you between the tackles. He can beat you on a pass play. Louisville, he can dribble the ball to himself. And, you know, like Aussie rules football out there trying to bounce one off the ground so he can run an extra 15 and, and throw one into the end zone. And, you know, with Travis, he can throw some absolute dimes. Problem is... I, Look at the Duke game. That pass, holy cow. Problem is, he could throw some absolute ducks too. And, you know, I think that's where he needs to grow is if he needs to be more consistent, more consistent with Yeah, his but arm. that's the point. Is that guy that can do the special with his special stuff with his legs may very well end up being our backup this year. So if you're talking about what I feel yeah. confident in, I mean, that's definitely the position, the quarterbacks. No, I, I agree. And I think that um, I said this earlier in the week, you know, it's going to come down to, it when you look at McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis, McKenzie's got it on the arm talent. Jordan has it on the legs. So is it is Jordan's arm good enough to make like comparable enough to McKenzie's that his legs make him worth starting, or are McKenzie's legs comparable enough to Jordan's that it makes him worth starting? And I don't think we'll know that answer until KZ has had a full summer of player led practices to really learn the playbook. But I'm hoping on Saturday we will get a look at it. So if y'all haven't heard, I've said it 20 times, but you know, if you're tuning in for the first time to Locked On Seminoles, we will all be at the spring game on Saturday. So very, very excited to bring y'all um, our takes from the spring game. Uh, just stay tuned. Uh, we were supposed to record our first live episode together in Tallahassee, but like I said, it's Drake's birthday. The college buddies are getting back together, and I can't promise that we're going to be able to do that Thursday night. So if you're hearing this Friday, it means I decided to do Masters on Thursday and you're getting this Friday. I'm all over the place. But that's it for us. Locked on Seminoles, brought to you by rockauto.com. I'm your host, Max. And joining me for the first time ever on Locked on Seminoles, I had Dave Weiss. Take care and we'll see y'all bright and early, either tomorrow or Monday morning, depending on when our decisive a- indecisive asses publish this episode. Hey, go Noles. Ha, 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 ha.